This is the Medevac Podcast, powered by the Robert Irvine Foundation. I'm one of your hosts, David Reed. And I'm your other host, Christian Myers. Thank you all very much for joining us today. If you're new here, keep in mind, there's a price for the show. You have to share it with a friend or family member if you get something out of today's episode. So keep that in mind as we uh, have a nice little discussion with our brand new guest. Oh, who is our guest today? Yeah, please welcome Zach Jones. Thank you very much for uh, being here today, Zach. Yes, sir. He is a uh, 16-year Army veteran, uh, sustained an interesting uh, interesting injury, a vaccine-related injury. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit more later, but we're going to talk a little bit about your service, why you joined, and uh, and all that jazz. So thanks mm-hmm. for joining us. Thanks for being here today, yeah. brother. How yes, do you sir. feel? You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, awesome. So I always like to kick off the episode a little bit with, um, you know, why the Army? Right. Why the military for you? Right. So, uh, tell you the truth, my, my older sister, she's in the army too. Okay. And she started the whole interest into it. She was talking to the recruiter and I just happened to be with her one day. Okay. And I was, he was like, so what are you doing when you get out? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, how soon can you leave? I was like, I can leave next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing later today? <laughs> yeah, right. So that's pretty much how it went down and, uh, signed up with like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I already know how to do mechanic stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I grew up doing that kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, like, yeah, we can get you going next week. Nice. <laughs> and, and you, were you like, hell yeah, I want to do mechanic. Is that what you wanted to do in the, in the long run or yeah, did yeah. you explore anything else? No, I was, uh, set on being a mechanic. So that way I was just trying to set myself up for when I got out. You was, so you had a different perspective than most of us. Like, because when I went into the military, I didn't even think about post-service. It's right. just like <laughs> infantry. Let's do that. No trade skills at all. Yeah. Right, right. Give me the, give me the cool job. I want to do the cool things. Yeah. Like, Oh, what do I do when I get out? Like, they did give me uh airborne. I mean, I signed up. Oh, nice. Yeah. I signed up to go airborne. Right. With the recruiters. So. An airborne mechanic. Yeah. That's not bad. Like, well, I jump out of a plane. Yeah, I can do that. Sounds fun. I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. So sign me up. Yeah. So so um <laughs> what were you working on? What was uh it was uh wheel vehicles. Wheel vehicles. Yep. Okay. So like strikers or uh, humvees or just whatever's whatever's there in the motor pool. Yeah, it started off as light wheel and then mm-hmm. they reintegrated everything and then it became all wheels and then they split it up again, and then they did wheels and track. You know, yeah. Through through the years, the MOS has changed, but I always stuck with light wheels, like Humvees and okay. LMTVs. Nothing bigger than a Hemet. Really. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, what year did you enter the service? Uh, that was two thousand and four. Okay, so so pretty quickly after. Right after I graduated high school. Okay, yeah. so yeah, we had just gone to war two years prior. And yeah. You're just graduating high school, so right. Did I, you have an idea of like? Didn't, what, didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, just, I bet. Just ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so know. 2004, you, you, you joined, how old were you? I was 18, 18 years old. So, you know, you're 14 years old when nine 11 occurs. Like mm-hmm. did, did that prompt you join in the military as well? I mean, there was a different sense of patriotism in the air back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it upset my parents when I told them I joined for sure because mm-hmm. they knew. I think they had a better idea of 
I was just a kid, you know, yeah. trying to get out of the, this little town. Sure, yeah. <laughs> my mom was like, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> like, are you sure? Mm. Think about this a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like, too late. I already signed it. Yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you're talking about, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what was your feeling when you saw those towers get hit? The, I'm sorry, what was that? When the towers got hit, what was uh, your feeling? Um. That was that was horrible. I, I still remember because I was in I was in high school and it was all over the you know the TVs we had in, mm. in class and they pretty much shut the school down and everybody went home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough time for for a lot of us. But I think that it uh, really instilled that desire to right. join the military. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other military. And my family was my grandpa, and mm-hmm. so what? What branch was he? He was army, also. He was yeah. infantryman. World he, War Two. World War Two. Yeah, Oof, it's a rough one. And, Can you imagine that difference? Like you know, in <laughs> the way we fought war right. back then, comparatively. Yeah, he yeah. came back with two purple hearts. So man, I'm sure he he had a rough time in war too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was much different then. I mean, yeah. comparatively to what we've done the last twenty years. Versus, you know, World War One or Two or right. Vietnam, like going from trench warfare to more guerrilla style warfare, like right. all of those were. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> trench warfare, scarier. man. Right. Have you have you seen? Um, what was that new all, movie? All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh my god! Have yeah, you seen, have that, you seen one that one yet? I haven't seen it. <sighs> Dude, oh it's man! Fucking intense. It's an intense movie. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. there's a scene where like the French, you know, towards the end of the war, they mm-hmm. develop the tank. Mm-hmm. And they send these things through to the trenches, and that's why trenches during World War II were just obsolete back then, just because right. the equipment. But these things just run over the trenches and decimate everything, man. everything, no everything man. in the trenches. Yeah, it's, it's a World War One movie, but and you don't have a choice, right? Like you know, in that in in that generation, it's like if you're born, then you're going to war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, man, that's rough. What a yeah. hard a hard pill to swallow, too, right? Right. Like to be faced with that. You don't get a choice. This is this is your destiny. It's been written for you. This is the direction you're heading. Mm-hmm. We, we all had a choice. Totally all, written for you. Yeah, we all right. we all made the choice to to join, to sign on that dotted line, raise the right hand, all that all that jazz. And being forced to do it, that might it might it would definitely put me in a different perspective. Like mm-hmm. it would it would change my feelings and my perceptions on the military and oh yeah and and what it truly is. Couldn't imagine if they tried to draft the kids today. Oh my gosh! I, uh, <laughs> what do you think would happen? Like would be, everybody would leave America. <laughs> yeah, just dip. <laughs> <It's> flight. <laughs> the the big migration. So. I'd be like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna go. To Mexico, everybody's yeah, yeah, going yeah. to Mexico. A lot of the countries. <laughs> I live like a king there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just swips. Yeah, just flip flop. <laughs> yeah, like totally doing that one. I don't know. A lot of the countries they might want to head to realize, like, oh, they also have mandatory right, service. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But but you know, like Israel, where you're required mm-hmm. to serve two years yeah. minimum. Mm-hmm. Do we like that concept? I kind of like it. You know, yeah, it really so. instills. A, a respect for country right. a little sure. bit more, right? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think it it's also viable given the size of their country and same thing with like South Korea. Right. They don't have 300 million people. Like right. it's, it's really easy for, for smaller countries to get away mm-hmm. with things like that. Whereas That's a good point. we're massive. Mm. We're, yeah. 330, 350 million people. That's, 350 million tanks in the military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
what we get. Yeah, <laughs> it true. is. It is. That's what we would get. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that'd be an unstoppable force. That's for sure. <laughs> no one to keep the lights on at home. Yeah. Anyway, um, so 16 years of service. Um, like, talk about what you were going through during the time. Was it was it pretty like day in and day out average? I mean, how many deployments? Like, talk about um, your service a little I bit. I did. Um... I went to Fort Bragg. Well, I started off in Bragg, hmm. and uh, I did fit, I did a 15-month deployment with them. It was hmm. uh, 573rd Cav. Uh, came back. I re-enlisted in Iraq okay. for the money. Yeah. That... Get the free bonus. I mean, the tax-free bonus. Tax-free you know? money. Yeah. And uh, from, as soon as I got back, I got orders to go to Fort Eustis, Virginia. Okay. So I went up there for two years. It's pretty much, you know, other than my Iraq deployment is pretty much the nine to five. <laughs> yeah, else. I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh, after Virginia, I went to Korea for two years. How'd you like that? That was fun. I took my family with me. Did my you? Wife and my daughter. And oh, that's incredible. Yeah, uh, that's a good I don't, experience. I don't know how I got away with it because <laughs> they're just like, "Who's who's command sponsored?" And I was like, "I am." And I just moved over to that side, and I ended up getting to take them with me. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, what what base were you at out there? I was at Seoul. Um, at Seoul, it was uh, well, I actually worked on K sixteen, so I had to take a bus over okay. to work every morning, and uh, the school and everything was right there. Nice in Seoul, so we lived downtown. That's like, that's a cool experience. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> we lived on a high rise seventeenth floor. You look out and like eye level with the Seoul Tower, the mm-hmm. big mountain. Yeah. It was cool. That's pretty rad. Yeah. That's got to be beautiful. My wife enjoyed it, and other than taking subways everywhere, yeah, public transportation. Yeah, uh, so that was an, that was an experience all in itself. Learning that, learning how to take a train and subway, and and it's in Korean. And it's in Korean. <laughs> uh, did you pick any up while you were there, like Korean? <laughs> any Korean? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> the no. language, <laughs> not, not the women. Not, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not what I meant. That's <laughs> pretty Did funny. I pick up any crayons? <laughs> no. no, that's not how I would des- describe that for <laughs> sure. But okay. Korean, the language. Yeah, yeah, just just enough to get by. Yeah, she yeah. learned more than I did because she was out on the in the market shopping. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people miss. Uh, it's something that we miss pretty often on our podcast. Is most of the time the the folks that we're talking to are like primarily in special operations. And so mm-hmm. they, they never had like a nine to five position or they weren't, like, you were not afforded the cool opportunities to like live on the 17th floor in downtown Seoul for two years. Right. For the most part you're like always deployed or right. you're always doing a training cycle. And there's right. a whole other aspect of the military, a much larger aspect to it that I feel like a lot of people miss out on. And it's that like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be kicking doors and like, you know, grenade launching every fucking right. thing that's in right. sight. You can have a normal nine to five job like mm. in, in, in a role of much like that or yeah. other, other support style roles where you can be afforded a higher quality of life for the most part. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's, it's the interesting concept that you just hit on is it's actually a small percent, yeah. you know, that are, are really like in that combat oriented position, yeah. you know, it's, right. it's very small. And most of the time, you can get those trade skills and, you know, get out of the military with, uh, with on the job training, you know, and, uh, infantry is, is totally, 
totally different than that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you do when you get out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I mean, and I hear that a lot these days from people on uh, that BAMC. Like, mm-hmm. Imagery, what am I supposed to be doing now, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that's good question. It's literally what I thought when I got out. I was just like, you know, and then they, they're like, oh, yeah, you could take, you know, some of this these skills and translate that into college credits. And it was like three hours of yoga, <laughs> you know. Would you get PT skills? Yeah, yeah. PT your skill. extracurriculars out of the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's like it's middle school all over again. Yeah, right. Like I'm getting graded for my mile run. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it was all pretty pretty smooth. Talk about yeah. your deployments. Like, how did that work as as a, a as mechanic? A mechanic. Um, well. When I was with the cab, it, I was just another body for them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty much like a cab scout deployment. We they keep a mechanic on in the in the patrol or in the truck with them in case anything went down. So okay, we could fix it on the spot. If we mm-hmm. couldn't, we could get somebody out there to recover. Okay, yeah. Uh, I did a lot of recovery missions. Um, people. Our convoys to get hit by IEDs would go back, mm. go out and pick up vehicles and mm. bring them back and rebuild them and let them go do the same thing over again. <laughs> how, how, how'd that make you feel? Like seeing some of these just scrapped up vehicles? Oh, that was horse. That's bad. Um, yeah, I, I was in the convoy that got hit too, and it was the truck right in front of me. Really? Got it was up on our Humvee, twenty feet in the air. Did a backflip, landed right on it head oh, shit did it drive so, away no it didn't drive away so, <laughs> so as a mechanic were you like oh shit or were, were you just pissed that one. <laughs> were you just pissed like i gotta put this back together now uh, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah there wasn't nothing left of that truck it yeah. caught on fire and it was done oh man yeah that's rough yeah 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 that is that is completely rough but um uh you know I, i'm sure did you, did you have like buddies scuffed up as well oh yeah yeah we had uh we had Three mechanics get injured and one that got killed Man. doing um, security checkpoints. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I said, we were just so, another guy for him. <laughs> so interesting that we just said, you know, like a not combat oriented. And then here I am. Too. And here you are. Yeah. Overseas. Like, like just put it in perspective. <laughs> you know, though, you just imagine yourself as a mechanic and, you know, having that additional layer. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. this, this car's not going to fall and crush me, but you know, it might get blown up. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. else that's is going to happen? Yeah. It was, our our uh, NCOs are like, you're a soldier first, so you got to know how to bust down these doors yeah. and clear these rooms. And you really do. We sure. did all that stuff too, you know. I was yeah. in the Air Force, so. <laughs> <laughs> the Chair Force. Yeah. yeah. Force. Nice. <laughs> so you're an Airman first, which means you, uh, uh nothing extra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a very just kind of streamlined mechanic career for 16 years. Right. And um, you decide to get out of the military. Why didn't you choose for 20? Like, yeah, no, I didn't decide to get out. I got paralyzed. So that was while you were in. Yeah. It was from a vaccine yeah. in the military that you right. got. Okay. So right. let's, let's hear about that. Uh, so let's see. I was in create. Um, no. After Korea, I went to Fort Campbell, and that's where I ended up um, uh, with Fifth Group for five years. And then, okay, when I was PCSing from there, I was going to Alaska 
actually, well, we drove up to Alaska and when I got there, I got sick. Um, my wife took me to the emergency room because mm-hmm. I had 104 fever and we couldn't get it to go down for anything. And I was just throwing up, couldn't keep nothing down. Sure. Um, I was delusional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your brain's cooking like that. Yeah. Um, uh, they, she took me to the, uh, emergency room on J bear or Fort Richardson. I don't remember which one, whichever one had the hospital on it. You hmm. might know you're Air Force. Yeah. Uh, I think Elmendorf has the Elmendorf. hospital up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they, they said there's, it's just, he's just sick from traveling and sent me home. Hmm. And, uh, Two hours later, she brought me back up there because she said I was seeing Jesus. <laughs> and uh-huh. and, she, and uh, there, she's like, no, there's something wrong with him. You got to take him in now. And okay. uh, I guess finally some nurse saw me and she was like, yeah, there's really something wrong with this guy. And the mm-hmm. doctor finally said, okay, and they admitted me um, after they did uh, um the, like a spinal tap? Yeah, or, okay. spinal tap. Yeah. Uh, and then they came back, and they were all gowned up and fully covered. They thought I had a... Uh, um, MRSA? Oh, not MRSA. Me- meningitis? Yeah, meningitis. Yeah. Meningitis, yeah. They thought I had meningitis, so they admitted me to the ICU. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where I spent the week uh, The with the fever. It wouldn't go down for nothing. Wow. And then probably... Four or five days at, into it, I started losing bladder control. I couldn't go to the bathroom. Mm. And then uh, just one night, overnight, <laughs> I just couldn't stand. I mean, my legs went numb and really? felt, felt like uh, pins and needles, and and that was it. Wow. Were you, so were you coherent as this is happening? And I was. I was coherent. Okay. Um, now I can't hardly remember any of it. Sure. Looking back, but um, the first the first few days I was pretty much out of it. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. My wife could tell you that I was doing that. I don't. I, I don't remember. Yeah, all sorts of wacky behaviors yeah. that that tends to happen with high grade fevers, and I'm sure all the anti-inflammatories and drugs they had you on. Right. Definitely doesn't help. But how long ago was this? This was in 2017. 2017. Hmm. So you're experiencing losing control, not being able to feel. And what are the doctors saying at this point? They were uh, they were dead set that I had a tick somewhere. Oh, so like <laughs> Lyme thought, disease? Yeah, they thought I had Lyme disease. Okay. He's, he's like, they would take me up and down for ticks. They're like, you been, you come from Tennessee, you're in the woods, you're, you, you look... I'm a avid hunter and fisher, so uh, yeah, it's just know. been on your chin the entire time, like, right? Yeah, since 2017, it's hiding under the beard, yeah. under the beard now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they thought that I had Lyme disease or had a tick, but nothing that that wasn't the case. So uh, hmm. they were just like, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they they didn't just that was it. That's that all they it. gave you. It's yeah. like good luck. Like um, they started doing. They gave me treatments. They did. Um, plasma exchange mm-hmm. i did a lot of uh i did chemo really yeah wow. and it's from like the hips down uh nipple line really so at the yeah. sternum sternum down mm-hmm. 
to uh, four. You know, do you like? I mean, obviously, you got time to think all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do Do you ever like? Do you think with modern medicine, like they're going to be able to figure it out at some point? Because everything physiologically is correct. There's no severed nerves. Right, there's right. you know the spine is intact. There there's a deficiency somewhere, right? Right. So what what's your thoughts on that? They uh, well, what they ended up diagnosed me with finally was transverse myelitis okay and um they said that uh it attacked my spinal cord and it stripped all the myeline the myeline sheath from yeah so there's no conductivity between yeah from the, from the t4 okay. level all yeah. the way down yeah to the end of the spine so man i'm just like totally spaghetti noodles from here down okay interesting yeah so you're four or five days in, they, they don't have an answer for you. How are you feeling at that point? I know it's kind of fuzzy for you, but uh, uh, coming to terms with that early on. You know what? I, I would just, I was like, well, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, no point in being upset. I mean, surely, sure. I, I was upset, but yeah, I'm sure I kind of always been to myself kind of person, you know, so I don't let trying to stay strong and keep everything held together for my wife and my daughter. And yeah. Yeah. What was her response during this time in the middle, in the hospital? She lost her shit. <laughs> I bet. Because <laughs> she left me at nine o'clock at night. And then came back in the morning and I was paralyzed and she had no clue. Oh man. Yeah. She yeah. had no clue what was going on. She walked into a bombshell, you know? Sure. And she said it, she walked in and the neurologist was there with doing their little needle, yeah, poking me with needles pokes. all over. And they're like, uh, she said, uh, what's she doing? No, it's it. I'm paralyzed. <laughs> she said, uh, what? Wow. And the doc was like, yeah, he's paralyzed. He can't. And she just went out of the room and yeah, sure fit. Um, and she's still, she's still having a hard time five years later. Mm. I guess, yeah. You know, she's good. She gets stuck with a lot of, a lot of the load that I used to do now. Yeah. She's, it's just a, a hard transition. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is tough. Right. That is tough. Most thirty-one, you know, other, other, otherwise healthy young man, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> In my prime, almost. Yeah. Sure. And then all of a sudden, you just like getting struck by lightning, <laughs> just gone. Man, yeah. it's it just is a important reminder of how fragile things really are. Right. You know, one day everything could be going great, and then the next day it just takes that turn. Right, right. And being able to adapt is is incredible to that. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of people listening to this that, um, you know, are like, I could never do that. And I'm sure you hear that right. from people too. And what's your response to that? Uh, well, well, you don't know that until you're there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to do. Same situation with yeah. me, you know, being an amputee is, is, I don't know how you, how you did that. I would never be able to do that. And, and it's like, honestly, when you get those cards dealt to you, it's just a day at a time. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised at, you know, when you look back and you say, wow, I was able to do that. Right. And, and five years has passed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and I'm still sitting here. <laughs> now, talk to talk to me about your mental health a little bit. Like, what were you going through mentally when this was happening? Like, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I would be freaking pissed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was pretty pissed. Um, I think I was more upset that they wouldn't promote me than it was that I got paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Huh? Yeah. 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 I was a staff sergeant promoter. I was like, come on, man, give me my, I just paid the E7 list. Promote me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I don't know if we cuss oh, yeah. oh, you're allowed to, brother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially now. <laughs> yeah. Especially about that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's rough, man. Um, but yeah, I know, I know that mental health would be a big one too, is, what what is one of the the first thing that you noticed um that that really irked you you know like for me when i got injured it was like getting up in the middle of the night for a glass of water mm-hmm. like simple things like that you just don't think about until you're in that situation what what were some for you dude uh something that you talking about something new that i had to do that really just well Kathin sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't pee without a supply on me, you know. I can't just yeah. go to the bathroom if I if I don't even I'm on a timer really. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have any sensation. I don't know if I need to use the bathroom or not. So mm-hmm. I just keep an eye on the watch. Now it's been three or four hours time to get to the bathroom. So wow. That's pretty yeah. annoying. Yeah. That yeah, that is annoying. And and I think that a lot of listeners who <laughs> would be watching this would be like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge life. That's a the huge sex life is gone, you know? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's over. <laughs> that's another really big aspect to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that, I don't know if it's something you're comfortable discussing. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I am. I don't know that my wife would be yeah. comfortable yeah, with me fair. discussing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's understandable. But, I think that, yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge life change. Those are your huge life changes, yeah. and like just those simple things that a lot of people take for granted. Like, if I have to go pee, I just get up and go pee. Right. You have to, you have to like modify your day to, yeah. to ensure that you're you know going out of your way to do that. And right. These, these little changes they they add up over time. I get up at in the middle of the night, early in the morning, so I can go use the bathroom. So yeah. my <laughs> Bladder don't explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and it would. That's what would happen, right? right? Yeah, is is you just don't feel it, and you just uh, just erupt, or I don't know what would happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I don't want to find out. You'd probably no. just pee the bed. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. My goodness. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's. But but it's interesting that technology has come to where we're at today, where it is accommodating. Mm-hmm. Um, now everyone's cognizant while building. You know, is there ramps like? How do we restore independence? Mm-hmm. And like when you pulled up in your own truck, you know, yeah. today. So talk talk a little bit about that and your adaptive truck and and some of the things that make your life a little bit more accessible. Right. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the truck is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the VA, since I was 100%, you know, they provided me with the uh, modifications for the truck. Okay. Yeah. And they also gave me a grant, a vehicle grant. Uh, it was like 20000 that I could put towards the truck. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so that helped when, out a lot. And this was in 17 mm-hmm. that you did that? Yeah. 
interesting. It's gone up since then. It has. Um, yeah. So you have a, a little bit of a remainder, which is which is interesting. But you know, I, I see him pull up, and the whole front seat comes out, mm-hmm. and then you have a winch that takes your wheelchair right to you. Right. It's oh, slow right. as shit. It is. <laughs> but I mean, the ability to single-handedly operate everything yourself right. is possible. Yeah. It is. That's great. I mean, which has got like that has got to be so huge too. Is like being able to just drive around it was wherever big, you want. It was a big, um, a big uh, burden off of our shoulders. You know, sure. My wife not having to take me to every single doctor appointment. Once I got the truck, I could take myself. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, grocery store. Grocery. I mean, yeah, little things like that. Yeah, right. it definitely adds up. Restoring that independence has got to be. Oh yeah. Yeah, feel feel really really positive. Yeah. Feel a little bit more like a human again yeah. instead of a, yeah. a man toddler, man toddler, man yeah. baby. <laughs> and and some of these new mobility devices that are coming out are pretty incredible too. Um, right. You know, very familiar with the work we do at the Robert Irvine Foundation, the Freedom Six by Six, which is like mm. looks like a mini striker. Yeah, oh, wow. tanks. And, you know, and then we have um, the Mobius iBot as well that literally goes up and down stairs. Nice. Um, it traverses uh, the beaches, which is huge for wheelchairs, as you know, right. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like the beach is somewhere you don't go, no, no. you know? So utilizing the Segway technology, they're able to, uh, you know, ha- have, you know, go, go over essentially anything, all terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty great. So they raise up and down too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's about. a good, good point. Yeah. So if it's something you want to talk about, but how does, does this, uh, for a lot of people who are wheelchair bound, I know there's a, like a, I don't know how to put it appropriately, but it, like a demeaning feeling when people Inferior. are looking down, yeah, oh, yeah, people are looking down at you to speak. Yeah. It took me a while to get used to that too. Does it, so uh, is it something you're used to now or? It, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Okay. But. So something like the Mobius iBot where it you can it get lifts eye you level up to somebody at your eye level, or in my case, like you'll be taller than me now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll be looking down at me. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. that something that is? Would it make you feel more comfortable, like just having discussions with people, or just like it, it would? It would. Mm, it yeah. uh, it makes it does feel a lot better to be eye level than yeah. looking up. Or yeah, you feel like somebody's talking down to you. Or, sure. You know. what, what's some other activities that you think you, uh, let, let's say terrain wasn't an issue. Um, you know, like we, we see several individuals, our, our friend, Chris Levi, for instance, you know, he, uh, he takes it hunting with him, you yeah. know, and he's able to, I mean, <laughs> the animal might hear you coming a mile away, but <laughs> you know, if, if you're part, it's, it's not, it, you know, it's, it is a powered chair, right? right. So. Um, rolling over sticks and stuff rolling over yeah. sticks so like you got to camp out a little bit but um is that something that you did in the past is hunting you yeah. know oh yeah i was a uh, in tennessee i hunted and i uh, trapped and fished mm. and i was a uh, i trapped for a farmer he had, he had a cornfield and mm. uh, I had to get rid of the beavers. I was the beaver eradicator. The beaver man. <laughs> yeah. Beaver exterminator. <laughs> <laughs> now we are talking about the mammal here. Yeah. It's a, good, <laughs> yeah. It's a solid nickname. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the name of this episode now. <laughs> beaver exterminator. <laughs> beaver tails. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's that's good. Yeah, um, and you're friends with Jason Tabansky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he 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 just got awarded an iBot through the Robert Irvine Foundation, um, which is incredible. But it's going to be really interesting to see him now compete with normal able-bodied individuals. Um, you know, in his archery tournaments yeah. at six feet now, oh, yeah. like he's yeah. going to be able to be even with that target a little bit more. Right. So, um, you know, have you gotten a chance to talk to him a little bit about it? I haven't, I haven't talked to him to see how he's, have you tried archery? I have, I've shot, I was, I mean, I was a bow hunter. So yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I tried to, I shot, but, um, I figured I went a different route and picked up a shotgun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do I, skeet or? Yeah, I do nice. a trap. Okay. Trap shooting trap shooting. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and you know, we always talk about finding that outlet or that therapy mm-hmm. that helps you overcome the adversities that you're facing every day. Is that one for you? Is that, yeah. is that allow everything to just melt away? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the recoil therapy. <laughs> there you go. Recoil therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting um, when people talk about shooting as therapy, um, because a lot of people have a misconception that it's loud, it's, it's scary, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, you're focused on the safety. Mm-hmm. Like you're not focused on all the other issues that are crowding in your life. You right. know, um, you feel that, you know, mm-hmm. you feel it in your body. And when you get to a certain point, you understand that muscle memory and yeah. right. feel the fatigue. And so that, that clear clears your brain up as well. Mm-hmm. And, and with the trap, I'm just worried about the next target. So exactly. Yeah. I'm not worried about anything else, but seeing the target and shooting it, you know, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I think that, I think it's a, more, a really popular sport for, for people to use therapeutically because mm-hmm. it takes so much of your attention, and your focus, right? Right. 95% of shooting or archery is work. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? Well, you're, you're planning, you're planning your shoot, you're getting your equipment ready, which right. means you're going to have to clean it. You're going to have to you know, get your ammunition ready or your arrows ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much work that goes into it right. for that, you know, one second trigger squeeze or yeah. that releases the bow. Like, okay, now I got to go clean my stuff up. I got to place my brass. I got to take this, this weapon home and disassemble mm-hmm. it and clean it. And so much that goes into it. So it takes so much of your focus, something you can dedicate yourself to, it's right. really hard to get good at. Right, <laughs> it's right. really hard to get good at. Yeah, it takes a lot of consistency. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm good yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, consistency is key, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this: Is how do you stay in shape? Um, I push my fat ass around every day. <laughs> well, I mean, that is no easy feat. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was wheelchair bound uh for a little bit and it was horrible yeah it was horrible um like talk to me about traveling a little bit like what you know what do you have to deal with that um what what i'm trying to do here is i'm really trying to inform the audience of like Mm -hmm. some of the issues that you face day to day right and how important that is to realize for the mental strength and capacity that you have Mm -hmm. So, and I know airports are a bitch. You know, the other day I saw this guy, I was at San Antonio airport and he had like, he was a hip Arctic, Mm -hmm. Hmm. um, just scooting around on a skateboard. 
<laughs> just, just, yeah, just handing it on a skateboard and low impact, or right. like, yeah, yeah. not and a then, whole lot of travel. Yeah, so like he figured it out and he figured out these trips. A couple um, months ago, I see this other guy who his girlfriend that he's another uh, bout at the hips. Um, his girlfriend is literally holding on to him and mm-hmm. and ferrying him back and forth like a like a. Piggyback like a ride, ride? Or? a piggyback ride, oh, <laughs> a piggyback ride, and, <laughs> Hell and, yeah. and they get they get out of the out of the flight, She's and there's yeah, there's right. yeah, and there's there's no wheelchair though, no, for no. them when they get out on the on the deck, okay, and she has to like literally buddy carry this man like to out and to stand there with him and wait until they get the wheelchair set up. Mm. And I, I just could hear them, and I'm just observing this, uh, very frustrated with the travel situation, mm. and and it's not accommodating. Mm. So so let's talk about it. Let's talk about how it needs to be improved. And right, but what what really upset me when I first started flying again mm. uh, is that uh, I would always be the first the first guy on the plane, and then. I'd be the last guy off the plane. Sure. <laughs> It'd make me sit there until everybody got off. Yeah. yeah. No matter like, where you're sitting. No matter what seat I'm in. It made me sit there until everybody got off mm-hmm. the plane. And then they'd come get me off. Yeah. So th- that was annoying. Um, I would just flew, rec- flew recently through uh, Southwest when it wasn't, I didn't have a bad experience with them. They actually pulled me off the plane before anybody else so that was cool that is cool. there's nice. i starting to see you know stuff coming around sure like, you know we're people too <laughs> yeah yeah especially if you're like i don't like sitting here any more than the next guy yeah you know? yeah especially if you're sitting up front or something yeah like, hey man <laughs> put me on the first seat and make you me know sit what? Next, there yeah <laughs> next time just be like hey um this bladder will burst at any moment. So I need to be first. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a you problem here in a second. Yeah. I will yeah. shit all the yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Call my bluff. That's a good one. I should yeah. remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you got to down a plane like, like, for hours. Know. If yeah. that happens. Yeah. They're not going to know. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody's sit there for a whole plane to download, but, Takes it's not. It's not quick. No. It. Yeah. They say it's um, three minutes per row. Oh God. Yeah, I believe it. Thirty rows. Yeah. Yeah. And you got thirty rows. Yeah. yeah. That's. Uh, I believe it. Ugh, At least yeah. three minutes per row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's got to be annoying. One is traveling, but you know that truck has got to be great too. Um, and then you know traveling with this chair like. You you can't go in with that, obviously. So you mm-hmm. have to leave it out, get on a chair for them. Mm-hmm. They have this like really skinny one, right? right. That, a little aisle chair, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's made just so it'll fit down the aisles. Okay. That's yeah. why they call it an aisle chair. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just transfer from that one to the little one, and then they roll me back to my seat. Mm. Yeah, that's in, that's insane. That's insane. So so we got we got travel. That's annoying. <laughs> I don't know how they'd fix that, make an extra wide jumbo jet or something. <laughs> so they're, getting, they're getting bigger and bigger, though. Yeah. You notice that we're all about practicality first, right. and then comes comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, movie theaters used to be, like, jam-packed into sardines, but now... 
they have beds in there. Yeah. You know, they have beds. Like in Austin, you know, you could, like, your seat is a bed. Yeah, you right. could lay down. And reclining recline. seats and stuff. So I think that as we progress, that comfort becomes a necessity for us all. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, yeah, you know, you're going to have those first-class type seatings, you know, right. in the back, right. hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Be nice, at least. Not yeah. American. Oh. Yeah, no, not American. <laughs> not, not American. <laughs> Um, but you know, that it's just difficult things that you don't think about too is so, so how, how about your relationship with your kid? Um, we're good. She's, uh, every, well, she was how old when it happened? She was 15. Hmm. She's 20 now. Okay. Yeah, she was 15. So she was 15. So she was like, that's got to be a tough age. Yanked out of schools. Three, four. She did four high schools in one year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about resiliency, man. Um, yeah, she's a trooper. Interestingly yeah. enough, is is resiliency just doesn't stop at the buck with you. You know, it, right. it, it goes to that extended family. So and hopefully, you know, I had something to do with that. And she sees me, you know, being... Absolutely. A and, good role and model. That's that. all she's watching, you right. know, is, is how you're reacting to it and how strong you are with that. So, um, you know, just that piece is going to create such a powerful character within her. It's going to be pretty exciting to see her grow. I mean, you've, right. you've seen it for five years. Right. Like, how has that dynamic changed? Uh, she, she definitely matured a lot yeah. since uh, she's kind of had to step up a little bit, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help around, help mom out help a little mom. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that she uh, <laughs> she definitely doesn't want anything to do with the military. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, the Air Force is always hiring. Yeah, oh, if you don't do anything, go there. Yeah. Oh man, go yeah. on over. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, and and it, I mean, it's a tough world too. Is you know when we talk about you know this generation joining the military, it's a tough one. Right. It's a tough one. You know, we just all um, were hit pretty hard with our, you know, with social media and and pulling out of Mm -hmm. Afghanistan, pulling out of Iraq. I mean, what do you do after that with that information? Now we have public knowledge of people just so upset. uh, Their service meant nothing to them. Right. You know, that's it's the same thing that happened, you know, 40, 40, 50 years ago with Vietnam. But mm. after Vietnam, everyone came back. No one was patriotic. Nobody wanted to join because, you know, the kerfuffle that that was. Mm. And but we're kind of repeating our history yet again. We've, you know, had a failed, failed exit. And a lot of people have lost that sense of patriotism. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to take time to heal a little bit from this. Like we're get, we got to regather ourselves and, and showcase that, yes, you can be patriotic. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be a big negative thing, right? This can right. be positive still. You can serve and give back to your country. Yeah. I think it'll just take time for the general general public to end up healing again and, and refocusing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think being tactful with your decisions a little bit too. Um, when we're young, we're a little dumb. Mm-hmm. And we decide <laughs> to just jump in 100% without thinking of the consequences in the future. Yeah. And you you have to be cognizant is what is my plan? What's my exit strategy here? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really important. Uh, 
you know but anyway we're we're kind of going off on a tangent here your daughter is not joining the air force no she's not joining (laughs) that's right there's a lot of other options yeah Uh, yeah she's happy working at her um it's like a pet pet daycare right now yeah yeah she's she's doing that for now until she figures her next move out what about you what you know besides you know trap shooting that's it. That's what I do. <laughs> Every day? Or like how often do you go? Uh, twice a week. Twice nice. a week. Um, Where do you go? San Antonio Gun Club. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, I compete yearly. Uh, last year I went to Michigan twice. Nice. Um, and then Italy and shot. That was yeah. That was no. That was my last because I missed the world. I missed the world cup by one target. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, which oh, was it was upset. You didn't like. You should have just played the card a little bit. And I was like, like, yeah, I know. I hit that. My one. wheelchair wasn't locked on <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah, so I, I missed out on that by one, and uh, then starting back up this year. Okay. When the first competition will be in Arizona. Getting ready for that one coming up in February. And how are you doing on these competitions? Are you winning, like for the most part? Are you? Yeah, I did uh, silver, bronze, uh, two two bronze and a silver last year. Nice. Okay. And how long you been doing it? Uh, about three years. Okay. Three, okay. So I mean, it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. pretty quick turnaround for just a few years of shooting. Yeah. Is, uh, is the world. World Cup, is that what you called it? Mm-hmm. Is that something you're gunning for this year? It is. All right. Uh, it's, eventually, it's supposed to be getting put into the Paralympics, so that's the, nice. that's the ultimate goal. Okay. Yeah, you to know. be a Paralympic athlete for, right. for trap. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's going to be okay. insane. Now, does that feel like an athlete? I'm just, I, I just have to ask. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does? Hell yeah. It's Competing a, on the it's world a, stage? Hell it's yeah. a low-impact sport, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I just I just have to give a shit. It's a low-impact sport. I mean, the that, what, what I'm always impressed by in the Olympics are the, the skier, the, the dudes who do the cross-country skiing and then shooting. Mm-hmm. Like it's the most low impact oh, yeah. thing, but it is the hardest. Like yeah. trying to trying to hold a rifle while you're breathing that heavy. The, the uh, Nordic, Nordic, yeah. Nordic skiing is that what it is? Nordic skiing, yeah. Like it's the most low impact sport, and it's kind of boring to watch. But that has got to be so difficult. Like <laughs> honestly, breathing all heavy, <laughs> yeah. And it's flat, it's yeah, flat it's, the whole way. You yeah, <laughs> yeah. working the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no actual my, skiing. My bone to pick is with bowling. For all you bowlers out there. Oh, the bowling, yeah. I don't, oh, I don't know. Can't get behind it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pull. I don't know about pool either. Yeah. Like it's, that. Sports. It's, yeah. it's geometry. It's like yeah. a game. It's more of a game. <laughs> it's more of a game. Yeah. yeah, it's a board game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big board game. That's funny. Um, so you're you're doing a lot of skeet now. Um any other interesting like hobbies that you like to do at this point, or it's just kind of, I mean, three years you're you're mm. really just feeling it now. You know, you're re- like now that obsessive like love for it is probably drawing you in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, the off season falls into hunting season, so I want to I, I hunt. Okay, yeah, I hunt too. So yeah, that 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 makes sense. So like, have you done hunting since you've been injured? I have. I got a opportunity to go out with um well the high fence ranch uh mm-hmm. through safari club mm-hmm. um san antonio chapter okay 
They nice. got, they got me up. They hooked me up with the hunt at uh, I think the name of it was Agave Agape Ranch in okay. Nevada. Oh yeah, Uvalde. and it, how was that? I mean, it was nice. Uh, he had a, a cabin out there that I could get around in, and nice. You know, it was set up for wheelchairs. So they could awesome. just throw you like throw you on a quad too. Like yeah. does that does that work? Yeah, yeah. I, I can get up get up on the uh side by side or YouTube. Oh there you go. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Okay. So it's not cool. too hard to get out to no. locations and no. yeah. And uh did you bag anything? Yeah, I got a I got a nice bug, a nice. ten point. There you go. Um, yeah, he's so on what, the wall. what's your dream to go after? Um probably a big Grizzly bear or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Going after it. Yeah. yeah let's do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grizzly. You know, a half ton yeah. grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 600 pounders. Yeah. Half tons. What's the amount of berries they eat again? Oh, it's God. like yeah. it's like half their body weight in berries. Uh, every day or something. <laughs> every day. Astronomical amount of berries. Yeah, it's probably a good thing I didn't make it past the hospital when I got to Alaska. <laughs> Did you have any like guilty food pleasures while in the hospital i totally mine was panda express uh, for some reason so funny loved it orange chicken <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much any anything anybody would bring me that wasn't hospital food yeah oh uh, yeah i, I feel that uh one of the docs brought me a big growler full of beer oh nice <laughs> we're in alaska you know they're I mean, yeah oh, that's little awesome. mooses little mooses tooth beer yeah, yeah. yeah beer pizza. pizza was oh that yeah was good uh you, it's a, it's a staple. That was the best pizza. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a man. staple when you're up in Alaska. Yeah, well, I, want, I want to rewind just a little bit, if you don't mind, because mm-hmm. um, we kind of glossed over your your time in time in the hospital, like right after being diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to hear about the diagnosis and like how they were able to determine this was a vaccine related injury. And I'm we don't need to get political about vaccines right. and shit currently. Like, just talk factually about right, right, right. what happened in your instance. You know, uh, well, I'm um, curious. So, uh, I had come back from a deployment and I had problems and, uh, I got diagnosed with lupus. Okay. And then from, from that, that was before I got to Alaska. Mm -hmm. It was like three years, two years before. And, uh, so I had that under control and I was managing it with whatever I could to, Apparently that's a that's room for med board also. Yeah, if you can't absolutely uh, control it. So they, I had it under control with the Plaquenil, and uh, so I didn't have to worry about getting med board for that. Mm-hmm. Then I um, PCS to Alaska, and that's when everything went. And the doctor was like, one of the docs that came in, and they said, uh, "I'm pretty sure that this happened." from uh, one of his vaccines that he got post-deployment. Mm-hmm. And what was the time frame between you entering the hospital, receiving that vaccine or that series, and then entering the this, hospital? Uh, okay, that was about a month. Okay. Because okay. I came back, did that, went on a month leave, and then PC, and you didn't have the PCS. You didn't have any problems in between then no, and I didn't. arriving at the hospital? Okay. No, it was... Uh, like we were moving, you know. Yeah. We we're PCS and yeah, so very busy. Yeah, we spent a little time at the beach before we left because 
didn't know when we were coming back from Alaska. Yeah. I was actually planning on retiring from there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Because yeah. I was, it was already like 15, 15 yeah, so then. So. Would have been your last stint up there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So the doc, I think it was, uh, the neurologist, one of the neurologists said it was probably vaccines. Okay. They didn't know exactly which one, but if they had to guess, it was probably a, either anthrax or hep B or hep. Okay. One of the hep series. Gotcha. So they just, that, and that's all they gave you. Huh? That's all they gave you. So, <laughs> I just, yeah. it's, it seems I'm to so me, frustrated, you know, it's yeah. just, it like stem cell research, you know, all the, all the people that we've talked to in the past, you know, it's just, it's, you know, Jason Dubansky, a staph infection in his yeah. neck, you know, like, uh, it, it just goes to show you like, how fragile things are it's just again like i have to reiterate that point is you know taking a, a fall or a tumble like when you're mm-hmm. completely fit you know so we got to be very cognizant of what we're putting in our bodies right. yeah so there uh, i read a a full article and they're they're currently doing a study at stanford right now there was a a, a guy in santa cruz who uh um it was due to a traumatic traumatic event he took a, a big fall super fit guy. Um, but he took a big fall and then was uh, quadriplegic. So from, mm. from the neck down, mm-hmm. no movement in his arms, no movement in his legs or any of his torso. And, uh, he was out with a friend one night and his friend gave him a, like a bag of magic mushrooms, you know, psilocybin. Mm-hmm. He was like, Hey, you need to eat these. And the guy was like, fuck you. Like, I'm not, I'm not messing with this stuff. Like I'm not doing any of this stuff. And his buddy's like, just fucking eat these. You're going to feel better tomorrow. Like, trust me, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We ate them. And, uh, his quadru quadriplegic, what would be the plural or, or descriptive word for quadriplegic, his paralysis mm-hmm. disappeared Oh wow! over the course of a month. So over the course of 30 days, his, his paralysis gradually disappeared and now he can fully walk and, and stand up again. So Stanford's currently doing a study on him because this is like one because like, those mushrooms are illegal. And yeah. We can't be having those. Just people. go to Colorado, brother. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, where they should be illegal. <laughs> I think they're legal in Oregon now, too. Yeah. Um, but I know St- uh, Stanford's doing a study on this guy now because they're trying to figure out, like, what, what the fuck happened? Like, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't move your entire body, and now you can. Like, there's a disparage here. And right. So I know there's, like, a full well, neurological yeah. study going on with and the, he had a break somewhere he yeah and, fail, right? and so his was traumatic which is it was all the more interesting to me yeah. when reading that because mm-hmm. we obviously know a lot of guys who have incurred paralysis to non-traumatic events much like mm-hmm. this like where you know your nerves are still intact they're still able to speak but there's a disconnect somewhere right so i'm curious like if uh, i'm hopeful that that's that's the direction things go is that they're able to make a determination on on hopefully non-traumatic or even traumatic paralysis on, on how to fix stuff like that. I'm curious if you've heard anything or if you've, you've obviously you're privy to that community a lot more than, than um, we are. Not about the mushrooms. Uh, I, I did a lot of, I looked into stem cells yeah, yeah. early on and, uh, found out it wasn't, they don't do it in America. So yeah. You know, you know, like that is a huge point is that, in the next 10 years, medicine's going to be completely different. Right. Um, yeah. Nowadays, with the influx of information, it's, it's hard to censor anything. You right. know, this, this um, you know, in the 1980s, uh, we went to war against drugs and really banned the pro- progress of this research be- mm. behind psilocybin and all these other 
psychedelic um, therapies that are going on that are actually proven nowadays Mm -hmm. to help individuals out. So it's going to be very interesting to see like, you know, how far stem cell research gets. And when we do start bringing that into the States, what that's going to do. Right. I mean, they, they put, where they do put like uh, Korean foreskin in your face. Yeah. (laughs) We use baby parts for makeup. Why can't we yeah, stem cells, you know. Yeah, to heal people, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah that's it, true. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It 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 seems a little back asswards, you know. But right. um, but anyway, um, it's been phenomenal hearing your story. I know it's it's really tough to open up uh, about some of these things sometimes, um, but it's so important for our audience to hear it and, and understand at a capacity of, of the day to day that it takes and what it looks like to overcome adversity mm-hmm. and continue on doing something successful with your life. Right. So yeah. thanks so much for, for opening up and sharing today. Oh yeah. No yeah. problem. Thank you very much, Zach. Do you have anything, uh, if you had one last thing to tell the audience? Um, <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, nothing. nothing <laughs> That's all right. Keep going. Keep yeah. keep, keep going rolling. on. Keep, keep on. rolling. Keep, keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. <laughs> keep on keeping on. Keep on rolling. Mentality, <laughs> man. Well, uh, you think yeah. Once again, yeah. um, thank thanks for everything you do. Thanks for your 16 years of service, yeah, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in the Olympics, brother. Yeah, yeah. that world stage, baby. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, this has been the Medivac Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.